TII, item 236, August 18th, 2012. Hey, Apple. Hey, Apple. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Colin! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of whom I am. Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Please visit audiblepodcast.com forward slash today and iPhone. That's audiblepodcast.com forward slash today and iPhone to get your free audiobook download. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is the Today and iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Kevin for sending in the music you hear in the background. Kevin wrote, Hi, Rob. I made a song with GarageBand on my iPad, and I wanted you to hear it. Regards, Kevin. Thanks, Kevin, for the music. And folks, I will try to remember to put the full song at the end of the episode. I also want to thank Tony for sending in the artwork for today's show. Tony wrote, Hi Rob, I used a combo of Fractal Plus, Blender, Text on Photo, and Transit apps. Regards, Tony. Well, Tony, thanks again for sending in the artwork. Folks, you can see Tony's artwork in the TII app in the extras for episode 236. That's that little E when you're in the screen where you're listening to the episode in the lower right-hand corner. Or if you subscribe via iTunes as the album artwork and also as a standalone post in the VIP section, and I'll try to get it up on Google Plus and Facebook as well. If you have some artwork and or music you have created on your iOS device and would like to share it with the audience, please email it to todayinios at gmail.com and make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote. Quote, the iPhone is too expensive. The networks that already hate the low margins it brings them can't be expected to pay huge subsidies for much longer. If the iPhone becomes expensive, there's no shortage of Android alternatives to choose from. Unquote. Andres Bailond, Motley Fool, Fool, Motley Fool, Fool, 6th of March, 2012. Except that the carriers are tripping over themselves to get the iPhone. That's what you don't realize there, Anders. And it is paying off for the carriers. Look at Sprint. The stock has more than doubled this year now that they have the iPhone. And their CEO gives the iPhone a lot of credit for helping turn Sprint around. Just saying. For promo codes on episode 235, we offered up chances to win promo codes for the app Headshots. I'll be giving out those promo codes sometimes this week. So if you want more info on that app, go back and listen to the beginning of episode 235 for additional details. This week, we have promo codes for two apps. The first app is College Football Radio and Live Scores. Not all one word. Here is the review from the dev. College football fans, there's only one app you need this football season. It's called College Football Radio and Live Scores. This app allows you to listen to live broadcasts of all Division I football teams. Imagine not having to miss out on any of the action this football season. It also provides live scores of all Division I football teams within the app. It has an incredible look and feel and is available for just 99 cents. It's called College Football Radio and Live Scores. Check it out today. Thanks to the devs for the heads up of their app, College Football Radio and Live Scores, and for sending in the promo codes to give away. Folks, if you would like a chance for a promo code for this app, Send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put college football in the subject line. The second app we have promo codes for is the app Kai Wen's Goldfish. Here is a promo from the dev. Hi, Rob. My name is Kai Wen, and I would like to introduce my very first iOS game called Kai Wen's Goldfish. In the game, you level up by catching the correct number of goldfish so you can proceed to the next level. I use an Asian classical style of artwork so the graphics look like a painting that's animated. Please visit my website at www.kaiwendigital.com to learn more about my game. Kaiwen's Goldfish is currently in the App Store. There is a paid version and a free version of the game, so please give it a try and let me know what you think. Thank you. Thanks, Kai, for the review of your app, Kaiwen's Goldfish, and for sending in the promo codes to give away. Folks, if you would like a chance for a promo code of this app, send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put goldfish in the subject line. As always, just send in one email for one of the two apps. If you send in multiple emails or ask for multiple apps in a single email, then, well, 
no soup for you. As always, if you are an app developer, email me if you want your app featured in the promo giveaway segment. There is never a charge for you, the dev. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com. And please also include a 60-second or less audio review of your app, including in there that you are the dev. So a quick update on the Apple v. Samsung case. Both Apple and Samsung have now presented their cases. In between Apple's part and Samsung's part, the court paused to hear Samsung argue that Apple failed to meet its legal burden and that the case should be stopped. Judge Lucy Coe said, uh, no. After which Samsung then had to present their case, which they did this past week. And again, now they are done with that part. Judge Coe did, during the week, lay into Apple for a briefing they presented that was far from brief. Judge Coe even asked Apple lawyers if they were smoking crack for presenting such a long brief. For Apple's part, the lawyers did assure the judge they were, in fact, not smoking crack. Judge Coe did set closing arguments for Tuesday of this coming week, ensuring the jury will start debating amongst themselves if Samsung is not just a copyist, but also a patent infringer. In a similar type case between Oracle and Google earlier this year, that jury took about a week to reach a verdict. So sadly, that may mean it's two more episodes before this is all behind us. Well, here is some audio from the Conan O'Brien show about this case which, by the way, is when you know you made it big when you are a skit on late-night TV. Apple is claiming that Samsung copied iPhone technology to market its own products. Well, Samsung's vice president of electronics has already released a video that's defending his company. It's a video message defending Samsung. Let's take a look. Hello. Apple's claim that Samsung has copied their technology is an allegation we're vigorously denying. Since we entered the personal electronics space, Samsung has created products that, as you can see, bear no similarity to Apple's. Notice the grayer edge of our Galaxy phone. And what about our Galaxy tablet? Not even close. It's not just electronics. Samsung's originality is also on display in our home appliances. Whether it's our new microwave oven, our VacPro vacuum cleaner, or eye washer with scroll wheel control. Don't believe me? Then come to our retail stores, where you can talk more about our products with a Samsung smart guy. And you know, a lot, lot of people ask, how does Samsung stay so original, so innovative? It's very simple, really. We stay true to the vision of Samsung founder, Stefan Jobs. <laughs> Thanks to all that sent in that clip. Okay, switching gears to, well, something more interesting, which pretty much is everything else. There will be lots of reports between now and September 12th of Apple or one of their carriers dropping the price of the iPhone 4S. Actually, have already been many cases of that. And all I can say is don't bite. Stay the course. Wait for the iPhone 2012 to be released. Now is not the time to be buying a new iPhone regardless of the price reduction. Try restoring your old iPhone to factory settings if it is acting up and only reinstall those apps you absolutely need. Do what you need to do, but hold off until September 12th until you see what the iPhone 2012 really looks like and what the new features it offers are. If you really feel that need that you have to go and buy a smartphone now, maybe find a doctor that would put you in a medically induced coma until the 12th. Do what you got to do, but don't buy a new iPhone now. You want to wait. Now, if you don't want to go into a medically induced coma, one way to spend some time between now and September 12th is by listening to audiobooks. And yes, that means it is once more time to thank today's sponsor, Audible. If you go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash today and iPhone, that's audiblepodcast.com forward slash today and iPhone, you can get a free audiobook of your choosing. Audible has over 100,000 different titles to choose from covering every genre. My favorite genre, of course, is sci-fi. And if one book I would like to recommend for that free audiobook download is Red Shirts. This is sci-fi novel with a sense of humor. The basis of this book, which kind of lives in a pseudo-Star Trek universe, is that an ensign, Andrew Dahl, after being assigned to the flagship Intrepid, starts to see a pattern in away missions, essentially that all away missions involve someone being killed by aliens, and two, that 
The ship's captain, science officer, and other key officers always survive. And three, there is always at least one low-ranking crew member, a red shirt, that is killed in these away missions. He finds that low-ranking crew members are spending a lot of time and energy to keep away from getting assigned to away missions, and, well, you need to download it to learn more. Interestingly, or fittingly, the narrator for this book is Will Wheaton, who played one of the most annoying of characters in the sci-fi world, Wesley Crusher. Only Jar Jar Binks has a worse rep than Wesley Crusher. Again, to get your free audiobook download of Red Shirts or some other audiobook, go to audiblepodcast.com slash today and iPhone. This offer is good to just those in the U.S. and Canada, and you get to keep the audiobook for your free if you decide to cancel within the first month. Again, that is audiblepodcast.com slash today and iPhone for your free audiobook download. I should also point out, I've mentioned the last couple of episodes about Cloud Atlas. It appears that Cloud Atlas is not available in Canada due to rights issues, but it is available in the U.S. So again, if you are in the U.S. and you are interested in Cloud Atlas, you can get that as your free audiobook download, just not in Canada. Sorry, folks. Hey, Rob, it's uh, Kevin. And the guy talking about thinking notes. Evernote does that between bunches of computers. If you log in with the same login, every time you log in to a different computer, and I, I use three iPhones and two or three computers, it works perfect every time. Hi, Rob. It's Laura in Nashville. I was calling with um, some app recommendations based on listener questions. And the first one um, is for, I think, Danielle. She was asking about a PDF. Uh, app for the iPad, and I've had a lot of experience with PDFs the past couple of weeks because we are in the middle of um, selling our house and buying another one, so, you know, paperwork going back and forth, back and forth, it has to be signed, and I wish I had discovered this sooner. Uh, It would have certainly saved me a lot of time and money, but there's a website and an app called yousendit.com, and um, so that way you can access your, you know, it's kind of like Dropbox, I guess. It has an app, it has a website, blah, blah. But you can go in and sign and edit PDFs. Um, you can do like a digital signature instead of having to like sign your name and fax something. Uh, it has a lot of options. I'm not sure about the blank page, but I feel like it would be able to do what she wanted to do. Um, and the app is free, but you have to pay like a either a monthly or a yearly service um, to get all of the, the services that it offers. And then the other is for the dude who wanted to know about Craigslist. I do use Craigslist quite a bit, and I think the best app I've used has been on the iPad, and it's called Craigslist Pro. And it, it was kind of pricey. I think it was $3.99 or something, but it's, it was worth it. Um, it makes it a lot easier, especially seeing the pictures of the things you're looking at without having to go all the way into each listing. And then the one on my phone, uh, which is, eh, is um, Craig's phone. So anyway, I just wanted to put that out there for you guys and hope everyone's doing well. Thanks. Bye. Kevin and Laura, thanks for your feedback. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. The app the person was asking about in episode 235 to allow direct TV to play on a jailbroken device is called XCon. This is the app that tricks your phone or the other apps on your phone into thinking it's no longer jailbroken. It is a free app on Cydia Store. Just search for XCon. Regards, Steve in Arizona. Thanks, Steve. Hi, Rob. I just listened to episode 235. I'm not sure what version of OS X the person was running. If he can upgrade to 10.8 Mountain Lion, the Notes app built into OS 10.8 synchronizes with iOS Notes app. Regards, Del W. Okay, really his name is Del Morio W, and I hope I didn't mispronounce your name there, Del or DW. Hi, Rob. For those listeners interested in Straight Talk, the iPhone does not have to be unlocked. All one needs is Straight Talk's SIM card and the planned service pin each month. The SIM card is a one-time charge. I've used Straight Talk off and on for a few months, and it works perfectly with my locked iPhone 4. Regards, Harold. Hi, Harold. Thanks for the heads up on that. And if anyone else has been able to get their iPhone that is not unlocked to work on Straight Talk, please let me know. 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Hello, Rob. This is Hector from Iowa. I would like to chime in on episode 235. Uh, you had a listener that wanted to know how to migrate his Google contacts uh, to iCloud. Now, if he owns a Mac, there's a fairly easy way to do this. And uh, he has to uh, uh, do the following. Number one, uh, go to preferences uh, and 
make sure syncing with iCloud is turned off. That's step number one. Uh, step number two, he needs to set up Google contact syncing with his address book. Way to do this, you open your address book, go to preferences, and there's going to be an option uh, in that section that allows you to enter your Google credentials uh, so you can sync uh, with Google contacts. Once you've completed this process, it'll automatically sync your contacts to your address, address book. Once you've done this, then you gotta disable syncing with Google, and it's gonna ask you if you want to remove the contacts from your address book or not, so of course you wanna leave them there. Then you have to re-enable iCloud syncing. And once, once you've done this, uh, it'll take your contacts uh, that are in your address book and it will upload them uh, into your iCloud account. Uh, another option that you might have, uh, like in my case, I have both Android and iPhone devices, so I do need to sync with Google services, with Google contacts. So what I did, uh, I logged on to my Gmail account and uh, went to my global address book and verified that every contact on my list belongs to the My Contacts group. The My Contacts group is a default group that uh, Google Contacts has. And if uh, contacts are not in this group, for some reason, uh, they don't show up on, on your iPhone. So if, if you want to stay with Google Contacts, the way to fix it is to add all of your contacts to the My Contacts group. And it'll work as good as it would with, with the iCloud. Thank you very much, Rob, for all your work, and uh, I hope this answers uh, your listeners' uh, questions. Have a nice day. Hector, thanks for that great explanation. Switching subjects, we have talked about Apple's podcast app a few times, with air quotes around few, and we will talk about it a bunch more, no doubt, in the future. But it seems Apple this past week was trying to stack the deck in its own favor by, well, eliminating the competition, so to speak, that is. What Apple did is when you searched for the word podcasts in iTunes, there came up just a single app in the results. And it was, of course, just their podcast app that showed up. Now things are back to normal, and a search for podcasts in iTunes gives you multiple or different apps, but with Apple's podcast app in the first position, of course. Hey, Apple. Hey, Apple. Here's a thought. Put the time and effort you spent on rigging the search results into, you know, improving the app. It is so not kosher on the rigged search results. Just saying. I think at this point, when it comes to the iPhone 2012, the thought of the iPhone 2012 coming with a new smaller dock connector that does not work with any of your accessories or cords to date, well, yeah. Sadly, that seems like a foregone conclusion at this point. So much so, it is a foregone conclusion that the debate really is now on how many pins for this said new connector. Initially, it was reported as being a 19-pin connector, but as of late, the 9-pin connector rumor camp seems to be the ones making the most noise. Part of the backup of the 9-pin connector rumors comes from iOS 6 beta software, where there is a reference to, quote, copy device supports 9-pin, unquote, all one word. That was found in the code. You know what spec also requires a 9-pin connector? USB 3.0, that's what. So that does require a 9-pin connector. So maybe this is going to be a USB 3 connector. There is also or are also rumors of photos showing up of an 8-pin connector. Well, 8 pins on the connector plus the grounding of the connector, bringing the total to 9 pins when you count the ground. The best of the articles I came across on this comes from Gizmodo. Look for the article titled, Next iPhone's Rumored Foolproof Dock Connector. That's in the show notes for episode 236 over at todayinios.com. If this is the connector Apple goes with, it will be a big improvement versus the 30-pin from a connection reliability perspective, but it'll still suck that none of my accessories will be compatible. 
and will likely be one of the main reasons I'm not even thinking of updating to the iPhone 2012 at this point. Well, that and the fact that I'm not anywhere even close to being eligible for an upgrade. Yeah, right now, three of the biggest rumors about the iPhone 2012 are LTE, which I don't need because I basically work from home and I don't travel that much. The new connector, be it 19 or 9 pins, either way, that's going to mean I have to get all new accessories. And then three, NFC, which are, I've got a credit card. I can live without NFC right now. Oh yeah, and there's the rumor that it'll be a bigger screen. I've got an iPad for when I need a bigger screen. So all things considered, not feeling the iPhone 2012 need right now. But then again, on September 12th, Apple being Apple, may come out with something that surprises everyone and makes it something that even I have to upgrade to. And by the way, that doesn't conflict with my advice earlier to hold off until September 12th because I was talking to people that felt the need to upgrade or have to upgrade or are looking to get an iPhone uh, versus those of us that have an iPhone 4S. My feeling is those of us who have an iPhone 4S, most people that have an iPhone 4S are not going to upgrade to the iPhone 2012. Again, that is if what's been rumored is the only things that are new on the iPhone 2012. All right, there seems to be more and more new iPhone parts being leaked out of China, for which point to an impending launch very soon. But if a new iPad mini is coming out at the same time, would we not be seeing leaked parts for that too? My guess would be that there is no iPad mini in the pipeline, not for the September launch anyway. This happened last year with loads of leaked parts showing up for, that wound up being for the 4S on the run-up to the launch, but nothing for an iPhone 5 parts. The various rumor websites were still saying there would be an iPhone 5 to accompany the 4S, but we know now that this didn't happen. Just my opinion regards Chris Go in Nottingham, England. Hi Chris. Actually, there have been some photos of supposed iPad mini parts, including the back casing and the just recently the bottom connector and headphone jack. But you are correct. It is nowhere near what we are seeing for the iPhone 2012 supposed leaked parts. I would agree it will not launch on September 21st when the iPhone 2012 is supposed to be launching. I would guess the iPad mini, if announced on September 12th, which does seem to be likely now, well, the iPad mini would not likely start shipping until at least a month after the iPhone 2012, and maybe not even until after the U.S. election. Apple may want to move the iPad mini shipping until about two weeks after the election so as not to be overshadowed by all the election talk in the U.S., but that is just my guess. Per the iPad mini and what it will look like, the general thought is a mix between the iPad and iPod Touch. The supposed pictures of the iPad mini dock and headphone connectors show not only would it have the new 9-pin dock connector, but it would also have the headphone jack at the bottom, i.e. like the iPod Touch does. Or is it more appropriate to say ergo like the iPod Touch does? Well, either way. It looks like that the iPad mini will have not just the dock connector at the bottom, but also the headphone jack down there, just like the iPod Touch. If, and this is a big if, if those rumored parts are actually of an iPad mini. Also, the guess on the street right now is that the screen would be closer to the side of the case than it is with the iPad, or less bezel around the side, however you want to phrase that. Essentially, the rumors are that the iPad mini is not a 7-inch screen, um, but rather a 7.8-inch screen or 7.75-inch screen or 7.825-inch screen, somewhere in that range. So a bigger screen than the Nexus and Kindle Fire, but physically about the same size for the unit's dimensions on the outside of the case. Assume it will be much lighter than the iPad and also much thinner, but battery life comparable to the iPad. Overall, it will be a Nexus slash Kindle Fire killer, at a price of around $299 or $249, starting with 16 gig uh, version and going up from there. At this point, September 12th is looking to turn out to be a very interesting day. I am sure there'll be an episode released that night. Staying on the rumor front, thanks to Jim M for this next one, which goes over some tests done on iOS 6 that shows that it does scale to 640 by 1136 giving more fuel to the larger iPhone 2012 screen rumors. 
essentially using the developer tool or developed tool called iOS Simulator and setting a resolution of 640 by 1136 with iOS 6 beta, it allowed for five rows of apps above the tray versus four row of apps above the tray when a similar test was done with iOS 5.1. So essentially, this builds on the rumor of an iPhone 2012 with a four inch screen, one that is longer and a little wider. This would have a 16 by nine aspect ratio and that the iPhone 2012 would be the same width as the iPhone 4S. Add to that the loss of the YouTube app, Bluetooth file sharing, and no need to put in passwords for free app downloads, we are starting to see a better picture form of what iOS 6 will support per those items that were not talked about on stage by Apple back in June. Hey, Rob, this is Brian from Dearborn, Michigan. Uh, I was just listening to episode 235, and uh, Jim, who in that episode uh, said he was looking for a solution for editing notes on his PC or Mac. If Jim is willing to switch out apps and not use the default notes app. What I do for my solution for that problem is I use an app called Simple Note. Simple Note is available on iPhone and iPad, uh, and they also have uh, a Mac version. Uh, and on the PC, Simple Note has a really good web app, uh, something that I just keep bookmarked in my browser and, and I go to whenever I need it. It syncs across devices. Uh, it syncs I can sit there and I can type something on my computer and pick up my phone and the note is right there. It's a free download, uh, although there is a way to uh, pay the developers some money and get rid of those ads if you like it. Uh, but yeah, it's a solution for syncing those notes. Hope this helps. Love the show. Brian, thanks for the feedback. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. Will next iPhone be called the iPhone 4G, iPhone 5, iPhone 6? All new iPhone or something else? Best guess. Regards, Mike. Hi, Mike. 100%. It will not be called the iPhone 5. Anyone calling it the iPhone 5 at this point is so clueless and should not be trusted. 100%. It will not be called the iPhone 4G. See Australia and the lawsuits there over the iPad and 4G. iPhone 6? Maybe, as it actually will be the sixth iPhone, which is why it will not be the iPhone 5, but not very likely that it'll be called the iPhone 6 either. I think the sixth iPhone, the iPhone 2012, as it is, I call it now, uh, which is just a holder name. I definitely know it won't be called the iPhone 2012. Uh, it's most likely going to just be called the new iPhone, like we have with the third generation iPad, which is the new iPad. And all these numbers and letters are going to start going away for the products, just like with the MacBook Pro, is the MacBook Pro and not the MacBook Pro 9, or 10, or 11, or whatever version it is. Back to the email bag. Hey Rob, just wanted to send in my review of the Parker Planner app. Two words. It has been out for a couple of months, but just recently dropped to 99 cents, so I finally got it. I really like it so far because it combines a planner page with a notes feature and to-do list. I think this makes planning from my iPod much easier because I don't have to constantly switch between the Cal app and my to-do app. The app still needs a little work before it is perfect. The to-do feature is good, but doesn't seem to be fully flushed out yet. So I'm hoping that we'll get better with future updates that will add alarms and sorting features. Anyway, it is a good calendar app that will use any calendar that it is synced with your iPhone, but gives you the ability to control which ones will display. Hope some of your listeners will check it out. Regards, Ben. Ben, thanks for your feedback on Parker Planner. Of course, any apps I mention in this episode, you can find links to in the show notes over at todayinios.com for episode 236. You can also find those show notes in the show note list and the extras inside the TII app. Hi, Rob. This is Paul from Mississippi. I wanted to do a review of some of the Kickstarter things that I have backed, around 20 of them, and all iPhone and iPad related. Here's some info on two of them. The Lilypad case, now called the Kudo iPad case, and the Escape Capsule waterproof iPhone case. The Lilypad iPad case did not work, but the maker did a great thing and replaced all of them with a new Kudo case that does work. This was $165, funded October 2011, shipped around January 2012, then replaced around April 2012. 
the Escape Capsule waterproof iPhone case. I got the Kickstarter-only edition, green and glow-in-the-dark, for $80. This was one of my first things to back on Kickstarter, funded September 2011, shipped around June 2012, a very long wait. In that time, a lot of new waterproof iPhone cases came to market. This is a nice case, but not as good as some others out there. Side note, mine is now on eBay. The glow in the dark is not too good. You can't charge the phone in the case. The case just doesn't fit like you would think it should. Regards, Paul. Well, Paul, thank you for the feedback on that. And folks, if you have any other Kickstarter iOS, iOS related Kickstarter projects, that is, please send us feedback 206 666 6364. That's 206 Moon Dog. Or you can record it on your iOS device and email to us or just email and text at todayinios at gmail.com. Speaking of Kickstarter projects, here's another one. Hi, Rob. Here is a Kickstarter project that looks cool. I have no affiliation. It is called the Human Tools Stand for iPad 3, with human tools being one word with a Z at the end, not an S. Regards, Scott L. Hi, Scott. Thanks for the heads up on this Kickstarter project, which is an iPad stand. It does look cool, but sadly, at just 12.7k in funding and only 21 days to go to get to a goal of 800 or 80k excuse me unless these guys get on the ball big time and start doing a marketing and social media push this one is likely not going to get funded if you are looking for a good looking and functional ipad stand for your ipad third generation ipad to you know go along with probably a few others you already have Search for Human Tools Stand in Kickstarter or look for the links in the show notes for episode 236 over at todayinios.com. Thanks to Mark H. for the heads up on this next one, which is for all the Craigslist users and eHarmony and Match.com users. It is the Burner app that lets you set up temporary phone numbers that expire after seven days, during which time you get up to 20 minutes of talk and 60 texts. The owners claim, the owners of the app, that is, that made the app, claim that this is not for nefarious use, but I can't imagine they would say otherwise. After all, they are not going to say, if you're a dominatrix, you could use this service. Nope, they claim this is for all those that use Craigslist and dating sites and don't want to give out their permanent number. Clearly, this is not for the Johns that are in town for a week on business and are looking for a callback from a pimp or something like that. Nope, not for them. Or at least that's what the owners would say. It's not for them. Anyway, the app is called the Burner app, and it costs $1.99 per each new temp number. Expect to see this as a plot line in an upcoming Law & Order SVU episode. Just saying. Yeah, this is Scott from sunny South Florida, and I just want to call to make my voice heard on the app, the podcast app from Apple. I have to admit, I'm, I'm a little annoyed with this. I had been using uh, Instacast, and it worked flawlessly. However, I thought Apple would release a product in, uh, in better shape than the podcast app. Uh, I'm, I'm hanging in there, and I'm sticking it out, because I think it's going to be good once it's uh, running up, uh, up the right way but it is very annoying at the moment. I'm sure other listeners have had this issue. It seems to download when it feels like it and uh, whatnot. Anyway, I just figured I'd complain to you rather than uh, hold a seance and complain to Steve. Other than that, uh, keep up the good work on the podcast. All I can say is Apple personally told me they plan to make this the best podcatcher app out there. So let's hope they get to it uh, for now. I kind of look at it as a beta app again until iOS 6 comes out. Because, yeah, right now it's flaky. I am using it on a regular basis, or trying to. It is definitely slow, it is buggy, and the UI and user experience of the whole app is nowhere near as good as, say, the TII app. Speaking of apps, hey, if you are listening to this prior to August 20th, then there is a free app, free for now, called Silent Film Director, which does, as the name kind of implies, creates silent films. Search for Silent Film Director, three words, in iTunes, and get it while it is free. Here's an app review from the dev who forgot to mention up front he was the dev. Remember, devs, when you send in reviews of your own apps, please mention up front you are the dev. There's a great new social drawing app available called Social Telephone. Social Telephone is a fun and addicting social drawing app where players take turns drawing and describing pictures. Here's how it works. 
the first player writes any phrase they want to. For example, they may randomly think of, Darth Vader wins an Oscar. The next random player joins the game, sees that description, and draws it. The next random player joins the game, sees just that drawing, and has to describe it. For example, they may write, Darth Vader plays with a C-3PO action figure. Another player then joins the game, sees just that description, and draws it. So this process of drawing and describing repeats itself, and after 12 turns, all 12 players can see the entire hilarious sequence. The app is called Social Telephone. It's fun, it's addicting, and it's completely free. Check it out today. And again, that review came from the dev of that app. And again, if you are a dev and you have a free app and you just want to get it mentioned, you get your own review up here on the show, feel free to call in or email in the review of your app. Just make sure to mention up front you are the dev and keep it under 60 seconds. Into the email bag we go. Hi Rob, I have a question for you. Is it possible to take my Verizon iPhone 4 and use it as a prepaid iPhone on Straight Talk? This phone doesn't have a slot to insert a prepaid SIM card. So I was wondering, do you know if it's possible to use as prepaid? Regards, no name, no SIM card. Well, NNNSC? Nope, you cannot take that iPhone 4 from Verizon and move it to Straight Talk because it is also a CDMA phone. Straight Talk is a GSM carrier or technically an MVNO using the GSM network of AT&T. So a Verizon CDMA phone is not even compatible with the AT&T GSM network, which Straight Talk uses. Back to the email bag. Hi Rob, I have a windshield mounted dock, TomTom, and when it gets hot out, sometimes my iPhone will shut down or shut off due to temperature unless I run the defroster to cool it off. It usually comes without warning, but I found a warning sign. If you have less than 100% on the battery and it's showing the plugged in icon, battery with plug, instead of the charging icon, battery with lightning bolt, it is getting too hot. Hope this helps other dashboard iPhoneers and fellow Wazers, users of the Waze app, Waves, W-A-Z-E app, a great app. Regards, Lou V. Hey Rob, just a heads up, Best Buy now has Star Wars cases for iPhones. Regards, Levi. My name is Derek Basconi, and I am the developer of the free iPhone and iPad app eMobo, Read, Write, and Socialize. This app is designed to bring the Japanese Keitai Shosetsu tradition of text novel writing on your cell phone to America. What do I mean by this? Very simply put, the Keitai tradition is such that you write small mini novels on your phone and you share them with uh, thousands of people. Through my app, you can do that. There are thousands of people that use the app, and if you write a story, instantly it will be shared with the world. And if you want to read a story, you'll have access to thousands right at the push of a button. What's more, I also offer rewards uh, if you use the app. Anything from Amazon gift cards to even an Xbox 360. Go check it out, www.emobo.org. Thanks for listening. And that, folks, is how you mention up front you are the developer of an app. His app, again, was eMobo, E-M-O-B-O. You can search for it in iTunes as well. Into the email bag. Hi, Rob. Thought your listeners might be interested in Square's pricing structure change given the recent user reviews you've had on your show. Looks more affordable now. No more swipe fees for small businesses using Square payment processing. Regards, Eric. Hi, Eric. Thanks for the heads up. Here are some interesting items about this change. Quote, Small businesses who make less than $250,000 per year will no longer have to pay the standard 2.75% swipe processing fee, though they can still opt for this if they pay one flat rate currently set at $275 a month. Square has also dropped transaction limits for new users. Before the change, Square held funds over for new users who brought in over $1,000 in a week. This is no longer the case. All new businesses that use Square's mobile card reader for Android and iOS will have all of their functions or all their funds available in their bank account by the following business day, unquote. Now, I'm not sure how this compares to the other options that are out there, but it does look like Square realized they were losing some small business folks and are doing some things to try to get them back. 
So essentially, this is for a business that swipes between $120,000 and $250,000 a year. Because if you take 2.75% um, or if you take $275 and divide it by 0.0275, it comes out to $10,000 a month. So that means you have to do over $120,000 a year or over $10,000 a month on, um, for this to make sense. Okay, on to some Apple TV rumors. Or really, ITV rumors. Or is it Apple console TV rumors? Anyway, I, I like it as ITV. You know, the rumors about a big 40-inch or so TV from Apple. Let's just call it ITV. And in this case, rumor is probably being generous, as this is coming from an analyst, Peter Misick from Jeffries & Company, to be specific. He said the following in a research note this past week. Quote, we believe the ITV is in full production. Recent data out of Sharp, Han High, and other specialty chemical and TV component suppliers supports this. Also, JDSU noted that they have a new non-gaming customer for the, its gesture control module. They indicated this is a new living room-based customer. We believe Apple will leverage AT&T's and Verizon's content deals for the ITV. Additionally, the Wall Street Journal's sources indicate Apple may also consider a set-top box version for the cable operators, unquote. Missick is apparently already modeling for 2 million ITVs to be sold in this calendar year. Those 2 million units would be selling with an average sales price of $1,250. Um, yeah? 2 million ITVs sold at $1,250 by the end of the year for a product not rumored about by any of the sites known for Apple leaks. A product not announced in any way, shape, or form. A product that replaces something you replace, oh, once a decade, if at that rate. Yeah, that product will sell 2 million units at $1,250 a unit. Well, looks like we found out who was smoking that crack that Judge Co. claimed was an Apple lawyer. Nope, it was just an analyst covering Apple. He mentioned the Wall Street Journal there in his quote, and this past week the Wall Street Journal had a couple of articles talking about Apple and its TV plans, or more specifically, its cable TV plans, and possibly coming up with a set-top box to supply to cable operators. Yes, that really, really attractive set-top box business, the one with really low margins. It seems one analyst, Rich Tulo from Alfred Fried & Company, suggests that Apple just buy TiVo, and they could easily do that for, say, just $2 billion. The argument being that if Apple wants to be in the set-top box business, the fastest way there is via TiVo. But given Apple's history of acquisitions, a $2 billion acquisition would be five times larger than the largest one they ever did. Just does not seem very likely or likely at all. I'm not saying I would not like to see Apple acquire TiVo. It definitely would. And I would love to see them bring that tech into their product offerings. Again, I would definitely like to see that, but I'm also saying that I do not see it as likely to happen, given Apple's very, very conservative nature in acquisitions. Hi, Rob. This is Michael from Seattle, and I'm a relatively new listener to your podcast, but I love it. And uh, I'm also a new jailbreaker. And I'm calling because I would like to get a tweak that would allow me to assign a double tap of the sleep-wake button or something like that to go 30 seconds back when I'm listening to podcasts. I like when I'm listening in the car and I miss something, I just want to go tap-tap and go 30 seconds back. That would be really cool. If you or anyone else knows of a tweak that would do that, uh, would you let me know? Okay, thanks a lot, Rob. Love your show. Bye-bye. Michael, thanks for the very kind words, and I did a quick search in City and did not find anything like that. If anyone out there knows of an app like that where you can double tap on some of the buttons that would cause you to go 30 seconds back in a podcast, would love to hear from you. Please give us a call, 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, or send it into todayonios at gmail.com. Back to the email bag. Hi Rob, wanted to let you know something I came across. It is called Air Parrot, which you can find at airparrot.com. For people with older Macs like mine, I have a 2008 15-inch MacBook Pro and an HP Windows 7 PC that this works on. 
trial only lasts 20 minutes, but it is only $10 for the full version. It lets your PC or older Mac use the Apple TV to mirror your screen to your big screen TV. Regards, David. So this works like the new AirPlay or Air Mirror feature uh, with iOS 10.8 Mountain Lion. Thanks, David, for the heads up on Air Parrot. Oh, and I guess I should add in there for those wondering why you need that if 10.8 Mountain Lion does that. It only does that for MacBooks Pros that are 2011 and newer. Back to the email bag, and this one covers a subject a few of you have emailed me about. Hi, Rob. Figure you already heard of the guy that got hacked, the laptop, iPhone, iPad, saw his data disappearing before his eyes. I just listened to this week's On the Media podcast in which it was the ending story. Mike R. Texas Trucker. Hi, Mike. Yep, he was on Twit two weeks ago, and they talked about it on Mac OS Ken earlier this week. As I see it, this is not an issue with iOS or iCloud, but rather about a determined hacker that went way above and beyond to get access to a user's account and errors by the end user and how he had his password set and issues with Amazon and Apple on allowing resets over the phone and in Apple's case, Amazon's case, allowing the addition of a new email account over the phone. At the end of the day, this is not something that would affect even the smallest percentage of regular users. This was a hacker that really went after him because he had a really cool uh, domain uh, on, twi on Twitter and also is a wired reporter, a known guy. Hence, why I have not reported on this story until now, because a few of you are asking why I haven't talked about it. I really don't think it is a story in as far as this is something any listeners that are listening to the show need to worry about. It's like people being afraid of dying by a shark attack. When in the U.S., there's 27 times more people killed each year by cows than there are by sharks. You probably have a better chance of winning the lottery than being hacked the way this guy was. The more important thing here is to make sure you have different passwords for different accounts and your most secure account is where you send password resets to for the other accounts. It's funny, or really sad, how much press that quote-unquote story received, which is almost as funny or sad as how little press a story about Android malware tends to get. Russian security firm Kaspersky Labs, or Kaspersky Lab, just reported on their Q2 findings, and they claim the number of new malware programs and I don't care if I mispronounce that, malware, malware programs, targeting Android has almost tripled in Q2 of 2012. With over 14,900 new programs with malware were reportedly added into their database. That means those are just the ones they found out about. This versus, quote, just, unquote, 5,441 malicious programs in Q1 for Android. Ouch, fun to be on Android. I think what is most telling is not the total number of programs with malware, but that Kapersky says in the future, these programs will be more effective and more targeted on Android to steal users' money via getting your financial records and credit card numbers. Open is good again, how? Okay, iOS is not without some security issues, as Pod2G made news this week calling out Apple about security issues with SMS, where essentially hackers could send you a text message where the ID of where that text message is coming from is spoofed, i.e. made to look like it's coming from, say, AT&T, or worse yet, your bank. Why Pod2G sees this as an issue is that because when you reply to said message, it sends you not to your bank, but back to the hacker site. Or as he says, quote, pirates could send a message that seems to come from the bank of the receiver asking for some private information or inviting them to go to a dedicated website, i.e. a phishing attack. He also mentions one could send a spoof message to your device and use it as a false evidence. And another thing is, Anything you can imagine that could be utilized to manipulate people, letting them trust somebody or some organization texting them. Unquote. Pod2G ends his post with advice to never trust any SMS you receive on your iPhone. Per this issue, here is a post 
about this on the loop, which came out today, which I'm going to read pretty much verbatim as Apple replied to Jim Dalrymple on this. Thanks, Jim. Quote, Apple on Saturday responded to reports of a vulnerability to SMS spoofing that can be done to users of the company's iPhone. From Apple, quote, Apple takes security very seriously. When using iMessage instead of SMS, addresses are verified, which protects against these kinds of spoofing attacks. An Apple representative told The Loop, one of the limitations of SMS is that it allows messages to be sent with spoofed addresses to any phone. So we urge customers to be extremely careful if they are directed to an unknown website or address over SMS, unquote. There's a key point in what Apple told me, me being Jim and not me. We are still in Jim's quote. A lot uh, has been written in the press about how the iPhone, with quotes around it, has this problem. But Apple isn't alone. The vulnerability is not with the iPhone, but rather with SMS technology. The iPhone is not alone in being susceptible to this type of attack. All phones that use SMS can be tricked in the same way. That's why the verification and security of using iMessage is so much better. Unquote now from Jim. Now back to me. Again, this is from an article over on The Loop. Link, of course, in the show notes for episode 236. So essentially, Pod2G ended his article with don't trust an SMS on an iPhone. And I guess Apple is saying don't trust an SMS on any phone. Sweet. Which, of course, you know not to trust emails that come to you unsolicited with links. So really, how do you trust any links that aren't from iMessage? Thanks to Jim for this next one. Remember there was rumblings that AT&T might charge for FaceTime over cellular? Well, now AT&T has stated they will not charge on one little condition. You have to be on one of their mobile share plans to use FaceTime over cellular for free. What the frack? AT&T... Do you really, really want us to jailbreak that bad? Or maybe you just want people to switch to Sprint. Since Sprint doesn't try to pull this type of crap. Either way, this is so uncool, AT&T. I use AT&T and I have stuck with them through thick and thin. More thick lately than thin. But more and more they give me reasons to not want to stay. Luckily for me, I will still keep jailbreaking and using tweaks to get around the insane policies from AT&T. Data is data, and I have an unlimited plan. I should be able to do with my data as I please. Again, only Sprint seems to understand the meaning of the word unlimited. It's not a difficult word, guys. If you're at AT&T, look it up sometime in the dictionary. Which is why I invested in Sprint earlier this year when the stock was at $2.19 a share. And now it sits at $5.19 a share. Ka-ching! Thanks AT&T for doing your best to make Sprint a much more attractive carrier for anyone new looking for an iPhone and for helping boost up my 401k. Just saying. Into the email bag we go. Hi Rob, I discovered a trick to get FaceTime over 3G now without jailbreaking. You need a Tether.com account. Not sure if it works with the Tether app that was quickly pulled from the App Store. Connect your MacBook to your iPhone via Tether. Run FaceTime on your MacBook. Apparently the FaceTime thinks that the MacBook is on Wi-Fi network and works through, though a little bit choppy. Regards, Lou V. Lou, thanks for the heads up. But I don't want tricks. I just want to use FaceTime when I want to use it over 3G or Wi-Fi. I don't have to worry about what my connection is. I just want to be able to use FaceTime. Hi, Rob. This is Steve from Arizona. How are you? Just a couple of things. First, yeah, you read my email from last week about running uh, Red Snow on Mount Lion to jailbreak my iPad 3. I was actually able to do that using AppSense. Um, the way to do it on a Mac is simple. When you get the icon for after you've downloaded it, you right-click and you'll see something like show package contents. You do that. You then go to, you keep going through contents and you look for Mac OS and you right-click on 10, I think it's 10.6 or something like that. And you open it up with terminal. And when you do that and leave the terminal open, it works perfectly. And so I wasn't needing to use Red Snow. I used Absinthe. 
Secondly, uh, a quick app review of a uh, iPad jailbreak app, Movie Box. It's like Crackle. It's got some uh, advertising in it, but not in the movies, but down below. But you can watch movies that aren't quite out there yet, like Hunger Games and movies that I'm not sure have been even released yet. Uh, and the best part is it streams to your Apple TV. So that's Movie Box, uh, M-O-V-I-E Box, V-O-X. Great app for the iPad only. Thanks for all you do, Rob. Take care. Bye-bye. Into the email bag. Hi, Rob. I created a guide to photography on the iPhone 4S. It teaches positioning, editing, different options with built-in camera app, and more. Thanks for all you do. Regards, Ben. Hi, Ben. Thanks for the heads up on the link. Folks, search for iPhone Photography Guide in the show notes for episode 236 over at todayinios.com. Hi, Rob. This is Mitch Isaac from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. I'm a big fan of your show and a longtime listener. I had an app idea, although I want to check with the audience and you if anybody was aware of whether it had already been developed. I couldn't find it. My app idea is a list manager, but it's not a manager in the sense of a task manager that there's millions of apps available for. This is, it's a little hard to describe. If you think of, well, as an example, I host a Texas Hold'em poker night about every couple weeks, and in that I have this group of about 25 people that uh, some of them are fairly regular, some of them come intermittently, and uh, I would like a way to have them all listed on one app, or one page, and then I can drag the names of the people that have RSVP'd into the coming side and drag the ones that say no into the not coming. And then from that, use the app to email selected groups, you know, the ones that are coming, for instance. I think this would be useful for people that host parties and other events that have a, a set group of people that come. And it would be nice to easily generate a, group of e- uh, a bunch of emails to everybody. And I'm sure there are other points that could be fine-tuned in that. But again, I didn't see that specific app available. I actually would be willing to potentially fund the development of it if a developer in the audience sounds interested in that project. So you have my email from this email, so you could put us in touch if that looks like a possibility. Anyway, just wanted to throw that out there and see what, uh, what it sounded like. So anyway, um, love your show. Thanks for everything. Take care. Mitch, thanks for the kind words and the call-in. If anyone out there knows of an app like this that can help Mitch, give us a call. Or if you're a developer and interested in developing this with for Mitch, also send an email and I'll hook you up. My name is Alejandro Portela, and I've just launched InstaLikes for Instagram, a fun new app that will help you get more likes on your photos. If you look at the App Store, you will see hundreds of photo editing apps for Instagram that let you enhance your photos in some way or another but always from an artistic point of view. And coming from a marketing background, I wanted to create an app that showed people the power of including call-to-action messages and how much that affects user interaction. With Instalex, you can select a photo from your camera roll and apply a like magnet over it that will psychologically force your followers to double-tap it. Double-tapping a photo is the same as clicking the like button. And we have run tests on multiple accounts and have seen huge increases in the amount of likes. And we're even starting to see photos with our like magnets getting featured on the Instagram popular page, where they get over tens of thousands of likes. Instalikes is free on the App Store, and I can't wait to see you using it. Just head over to instalikes.me app, or check out the hashtag on Instagram, Instalikes app, to see how people are using it in their photos to increase their likes. Hello, Robin friends. Uh, this is Curtis from Richmond, Virginia. I uh, just had a quick question on the jailbreak side. I am not sure which I did, and I tried to go back through and find out which app caused the problem. But anyway, I jailbroke my um, iPad through Gen just recently, 5.1.1, and my app store, like the app icon app store, is messed up while it's on the on the app on the iPad itself, nowhere else. I you know I'm not having any problems. And it just seems to be a graphical kind of error. And so, like, when you open the iStore and say you go to the Features tab, um, and on most tabs, it'll show up right on the top. You know, everything will look fine. And then if you scroll down, at the bottom it says something about installing iTunes. And I'm not sure how I did that, what I did. Like I said, I tried to go back through and find out if I did any tweaks or whatever that caused it. I couldn't find anything in specific. 
yeah, if anybody knows anything about that, let me know. Oh, uh, another one of the problems with that is like the featured page will show up, but then if I like click on one of the options for like a, uh, let's say editor's choice or whatever, the page quote unquote will open, but there will be no graphics, like no visuals for any of the apps in that category. For whatever reason, the front page opens just fine. I can use the front page just fine. Uh, but and if I go to a specific section, nothing. So anyway, I uh, thought I'd throw that out there. I uh, appreciate any help. Thank you, Rob, and thank uh, everybody else out there that uh, contributes and make this what it is. Bye. Curtis, sorry to hear of your issue. My initial gut reaction is to tell you to do a full backup, then restore your iPad, and then re you know restore it, factory settings, then use the backup you made, and then do another jailbreak and see if you just had a bad jailbreak. But if anyone out there has seen this issue and has fixed it without having to do all that, please give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. I recently uh, canceled my longest contract ever with AT&T. I had them since, I don't know, before they even were came back. Anyways, I, um, I wanted to get my service, my iPhone, on my iPhone with um, Straight Talk. I wanted to know if I should bring my 4S phone down because it says it's a, uh, a 4G phone. Will it work fine on Straight Talk? And do I have to do anything special to it, like download OVO Extend? I mean, on Onvo Extend? I don't know if I should do that or not. I was wondering if uh, you could help me out since you're going to be doing it as well. So I was wondering if you could help me out with that. Thank you very much. Bye. Well, actually, at this point, I don't have any plans to go to Straight Talk, but I know some listeners out there have gone to Straight Talk. If anyone out there has gone to Straight Talk with an iPhone 4S, well, how did you do it? Uh, did you have to pay AT&T some sort of cancellation fee? And did you have to get it unlocked? Earlier, the caller said that you didn't have to have an unlocked iPhone, but I don't know if that was because you had an iPhone 4. Uh, again, if anyone out there has taken an iPhone 4S from AT&T and used it on the Straight Talk network, please give us a call and let us know exactly what you needed to do to make that iPhone 4S work. Sorry for the lighter release schedule this month, but had family in town for and some vacation time when they were in town, and I went and saw Expendables 2 at midnight showing this past Thursday. So it all just added up to a longer release window. This will not be the case in September, as it looks to be one of the biggest months in iOS history, if the rumors pan out. FYI, I really enjoyed Expendables 2. If you saw the first one, you will really like this one as well. And if you've been someone that's gone and seen uh, Bruce Willis and Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone movies in the past, you definitely there's some great inside jokes in this movie. Uh, the scenes with Chuck Norris were classic. It is definitely a movie best enjoyed with others that like that genre of movie. All right, here is a funny or creepy or oh my story. My wife today took the kids with my mother-in-law to their kid's grandfather's grave for the first time. It's a, a good 90-minute drive from the house. She did that to also get them out of the house so I could work on my show notes to get those done so that I could record tonight. She texts me that when they pulled into the cemetery, my four-year-old son says, quote, I was once dead and buried here. Unquote. He said later he said it completely serious and in a I see dead people kind of vibe. Aches. I asked her if she asked him where his grave was, but she said no, she definitely did not ask that. Kind of freaked her out. Anyway, my personal story of the week. Switching gears. Thanks to our sponsor, Audibles, for supporting this show. Please visit audiblepodcast.com slash today in iPhone for your free audiobook download. Also, thanks to all of you that have supported this show via the TI app, just $2.99 in the App Store. It's the best way to consume this show on your iOS device. Definitely much better than the Podcasts app from Apple. Plus, you get push notifications when there is a new episode out and breaking iOS news whenever that happens. As always, if you would like to contribute to this show, we would love to hear from you. Because after all, that is what this show is really about. All you have to do is give us a call, 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, or record a message and email it to me at todayinios at gmail.com 
We'd love to get your answers to other listeners' questions or questions yourself that you may have, app reviews, rants, or your favorite iOS-related Kickstarter project uh, review or anything else iOS-related. Again, 206-666-6364, 206-moondog, or an email to todayinios at gmail.com. That is going to go ahead and do it for us today. As always, I'm your host, Rob, from Today in iOS, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I. Thank <laughs> you.